seen on the front row and uh, great to see everybody here go ahead and open your bibles if you have them of course the words will be up on the screen in a little bit but i want to preach on the subject and it's in your bulletin this changes everything this changes everything uh many of you and it's it's kind of strange to imagine that there's people in this room that don't remember 9/11. That that is I can't believe that that's been you know it's going to be 14 years ago. Well, goodness, the 14-year-older and the 15-year-old and probably even the 16-year-old may not even remember that they were two or three, but many of you do. And when 9/11 happened, it changed everything. It did. And matter of fact, the way we travel changed. Our whole world, our whole environment changed. And everything, many of you in your life, you can remember when something drastic changed in your life. It might have been a job change. It might have been when a child was born. It might have been whenever you got married. Your life was changed. Um... Uh, of course, uh, many people in here are having uh, babies, and, and that's good. Many people are, so just get in line. It may happen to you. And uh, so there's a, there are a lot of people having children. But when you have your first one, your first child, it changes everything. And uh, your whole life is different. And that's a birth. We just had two people get saved, and it changes everything. You, there are good changes and bad changes. I definitely think that 9/11 was a was a bad change. It was a negative. We we uh, we lost a lot of freedoms in 9/11, Patriot Act, and different things like that. But then there's changes that bring about freedom, and uh, like when you get saved, you have freedom in Jesus Christ. But when this change happened. And that's a very similar picture to what the garden tomb looks like over there in Israel right now. That's the reason I picked that background 
because it's, I mean, it's almost a carbon copy. There's a groove and a place for the stone to be rolled back in that garden tomb. There's two sites of the resurrection or empty tomb. There's the traditional site and the garden tomb site. But either way, the tomb is empty. There's no Jesus in there. We serve a living Savior, not a dead Savior. We don't serve somebody who's been buried and not... I mean, just think about it. If he had not... uh, I'm going to grab this podium here. And uh, if he had not risen from the grave, then we wouldn't have a Savior. And I've got three points to my message. If Jesus did not come out of there... We would not have a message. What are we going to preach about? Be good. Well, that's okay. But that doesn't have, we don't get eternal life from that. We don't have a home in heaven because of that. And if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, we don't have a Savior. I mean, He's just like anybody else. But He's not like anybody else. And then we have no hope if Jesus did not come from the grave, if He did not rise again. Let's all stand and not... You'd, Keep you awake. Man, they got me up here at 11.25. I'm liking it. All right. So I, I'm, it's awesome. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, the gospel I declare unto you, or brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you received and wherein you stand, by which you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again according the third day, according to the Scriptures. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this people here today and may we hear your message may we be changed by it in jesus name amen you may be seated thank you for standing for that portion of reading that portion of god's holy word um this without the resurrection there would let's go ahead and head to acts chapter 2 there would be no hope there would be no message there would be no savior And uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 32, we have a message. It's our central message. When Peter got up to preach uh, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 is all about that message that occurred there. In Acts 2, 32, this is what we see. He's preaching, and he says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. And then in chapter 4, he's preaching again. And there's two verses there. Verse 10 and verse 33. And it says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you received, whom God hath raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you hold. Talking about a miracle that had performed. And then in verse 33, Acts 4, verse 33, he says this, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace 
was upon them all. Great grace. Uh, our message in our text. This, this is it. This is what church is all about. This is what the, the young people described with the black light hands and trying to describe this day in which there was an empty grave that took place. Folks, this morning, and I pray that everybody in this room, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, your life, if you do, your life was changed then. That's when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, changed you on the inside, and you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Simply put, my whole ministry is getting you ready to live and to die. How do you live, and where will you be forever? You're going to be somewhere forever. You have a soul, it's going to be somewhere forever. There's a heaven, there's a hell. There's not any other place mentioned in the Bible. The Bible is, is, is without error. The Bible is God's message. The Bible has never been proven wrong. And did you know all 66 books point to Jesus Christ? All 66 books point to Him. The Old Testament sacrifices were a picture of Jesus. All of the New Testament, they're bragging about Jesus. But the message, think about this, as much blood as He shed on the cross, you say the blood paid the price for your sins. What's your sins? Everything I've done wrong. I am a sinner just like you. I don't care if I'm a preacher called by God. Paul, he said, I'm an apostle. God called me. I didn't deserve to be called, but God called me. I didn't deserve to be called to preach. I am unworthy to preach the message that I'm preaching this morning. I don't, I'm not worthy enough to stand here before you. It's, uh, what do you say? By God's grace. What is grace? Grace has given you something you don't deserve. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve new life. I don't deserve to be even preaching this message. Well, you know, and, and Paul said, if an angel came down and preached, if it was any other message besides this, let him be accursed. Which means there's no other hope. There's no other way into heaven. There's no other message that we need to proclaim except Jesus, Him crucified and risen. And hey, listen, did you know that as great as the cross was, if you take away the resurrection, it was just another death. It was just another death. And then, in other words, there's no hope without the resurrection. You say, the cross, it's our central message, really and truly. <clears throat> that's, that's not our central message. The central message is the resurrection. The blood of Jesus paved the way He had to die before He could rise again. And certainly the, we preach Jesus and Him crucified. But it loses its power and authority because He has, has all that talk. If, you're, if your walk doesn't match your talk, then you're a hypocrite and a liar. And if Jesus wouldn't have rose from the grave, the cross would have been in vain. And Paul says this. In other words, empty, hollow, without meaning. So our message is the resurrection. Matter of fact, back to our text, which is um, there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just this powerful, neat passage. And it says here, notice this in verse 3 and 4. It says, I delivered to you... How that Christ died for our sins, that's the first half. 
But again, that verse 3, He died for our sins, your sins, my sins. I was talking to a young lady this week about being saved. And she was quoting Scripture, which is really cool. Arawana does a great job at putting the Word of God in people's minds and young people's hearts. And they have the Word of God. And it convicts, but... One of the verses, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's the hope that we have, that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scripture. So what is our message this morning? My message to you is that Jesus is alive. Did you know that the resurrection... If you even whether you just you can put the Bible aside that it's one of the most documented facts in all of history. It spoke about in other histories during that time. It's a pretty cool thing. And that something 2,000 years ago was so well documented. Matter of fact, in our text, it says he was seen of over 500 people even after he rose again. He was his resurrected body. So. We have a Savior. This is pretty cool. The next part, part two, the resurrection validates His message and His work. Skip on down. I'm still in 1 Corinthians 15, but let's look now at verse 14. Notice this. This validates His message. If Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is in vain. Folks, let's just go watch some basketball or football or something because we're wasting our time here this morning if Jesus is not alive. We're wasting our time. Verse 15, Yeah, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He has raised up Christ whom he raised up not, if so be that the dead rise not. There were some people saying, y'all are full of a bunch of malarkey. Mm -hmm. That's a bunch of hogwash, somebody rising from the grave. I can't believe that's got to be the most outlandish, most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Have you ever seen any? I mean, think about it. Think about it. It'd be like saying, me coming up this morning saying, I saw somebody come out of the grave over there at promised land cemetery right across the street you know that's only in them scary movies people don't actually do that that think about it that's as crazy if you say well brother michael okay you just been you just what you know what's been going on with you you done lost it you're thinking that somebody done come out of the grave over here at promised land cemetery it's a crazy thought isn't it that's what they were saying That's what they were saying. Had it ever happened before? Nope. Nobody had just risen from the grave. Now, there were some miracles in the Old Testament where people were risen from the dead, and uh, which is pretty cool. But nobody on their own, on their own, had ever risen from the grave like Jesus did, especially in a new body. So this is just an outlandish story. But notice here in verse 16, For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you're still in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. 
which means this. It means that there's no hope, there's no Savior if Jesus is still in the grave. Now, there's two things that take place here, which is pretty neat. What makes Jesus special? What makes Him, because somebody may say, well, I'm a follower of Joseph Smith, or I'm a follower of Harry Krishna, or I'm a follower of Muhammad, I'm a follower of uh, Allah, I'm a follower of whatever. Just pick who you want to follow. What makes Jesus different? Well, number one, He was born of a virgin. That means He was born without sin. Okay? His dad is God. Okay? He's born... And then he lives a perfect life so we can claim a perfect promise. But that, did you know that God took upon flesh? He became a man in Philippians <clears throat> chapter 2. This was the only way that we could be exposed, or excuse me, that Jesus could be exposed to sin or even death. You say, well, Jesus Christ didn't sin. No, but he took upon sin. Look at verse uh, Philippians 2 verse 7. We see here, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, this is pretty neat. I mean, this is one of those times uh, here a while back. I had this cool illusion uh, track thing. I was showing it to uh, Coach Rob Cox here. And I showed him this cool illusion track. And I showed it to Coach Rob Cox, and he his mind went... Phew. He said, that is cool. That's actually what Coach Cox said. He said, that is awesome. That just blows my mind. This is mind-blowing. Did you know that the God... How do you kill God? How do you kill God? Did you know you can't kill God? You can't because why? He's God. But He could be exposed to death if He took upon man. In other words, He put on... Like I put on this bright pink shirt that I was told I had to wear. Okay, so you put it on like a shirt. Did you know Jesus put on flesh? He took what the Bible says it. The Bible says he put on, he took it on, he became a man by willingly. He willingly said, I'll do it. I'll I'll wrap himself in flesh. He became the only way God, because Jesus was God in the flesh, The only way God could be exposed to death, He had to become a man. Secondly, and it's in your bulletin, Jesus could die. He had to die willingly. Jesus could not stay dead. Why? Because of His divine nature. 
So his human nature, he could be exposed to death, but because of his divine nature, he could not stay dead. This is awesome. So, folks, we've got a Savior because our Savior was up in heaven. God said, I need a sacrifice. And, you know, it's hard to imagine all this going down. And so God said, I need somebody to, because I require death for sin. And so Jesus said, I'll die for everybody. I'll die for every sin, every lie you've told, every mean remark, every hateful thought. I mean, Jesus doesn't just die for everything you've done. He died for everything you even think about doing. He's dying for every sin you've had in your heart. Everything that you've ever done in your life wrong, Jesus shed His blood for. But So He did that because God required it. And then, this is awesome, so it says there, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now look at this. This is mind-blowing. Look at Acts 2, 24. Peter's preaching. And he's preaching. Man, he's getting after spits flying everywhere. Man, all the people on the front row are getting wet because, man, he's preaching up a storm. He's preaching. He's preaching. And notice what he says here. This is cool. Acts chapter 2 and verse 24. He's preaching along and he says, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because what? It was not possible. That he had to stay in the grave, does it? It's not possible that death could hold him. I mean, Satan and the old Colonel Death could be grabbing on to the Lord. I don't want to let him out. I don't want to let him out. Jesus said, get on out of here. I'm coming out of the grave. Because my Father hath raised me up. The Bible says that. He was raised by the Father. And there's, which means this, death couldn't hold him. <laughs> the Bible says it right there. It was not possible that death could hold him. Because why? Father said, it's time. You paid the price. Conquer sin, conquer death. So we have a Savior. Lastly, is we have a hope. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection back in our main text first corinthians 15 we find a verse 20 and it says this but now is christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept did you know before jesus rose from the grave in the old testament and in the new there had been people that were raised from the grave one of the, the coolest ones in the Old Testament is whenever they uh, had this man and they were in a war. They were fighting, 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 and their friend died in the war. And so they were hiding from all the enemy people. And so they said, hey, here's a cemetery. And they said, let's hide in this grave. There's a sepulcher. It wasn't like over here. And they threw their dead friend inside of the grave. It happened to be the old prophet Elisha. And when their friend hit Elisha's bones, their friend came back to life. That's just pretty cool, okay? But did you know he died again later? Did you know that Jesus never went to a funeral? Every funeral he went to, he ended up raising them from the grave. There's three resurrections specifically that I think about. Jairus' daughter was one of them. 
the widow of Nain. The thing about him, Lazarus, John 11, which says the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. But did you know when Jesus raised those three individuals that they all died again? The first one to ever raise from the grave to never die again in a brand new body was Jesus Christ. That's why it says right there, Jesus Christ has become the first fruits of them. that He's the very first one. Did you know that you have a hope because Jesus said, I'm going to, if you believe in me and trust me as your Savior, you'll get a brand new body just like mine. You'll have a hope of living with me forever. And the hope is a sure thing. It's not, well, I hope I make it. It's, it's a hope. It's a hope that's a positive thing that you have. Our hope. I, now I have hope. In verse 22, uh, verse 21, For since by man came death, and by man came also, talking about Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam all die, even so Christ shall all be made alive. Then we're going to get this new body. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. And it says here, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible, this, and, and I know, you say, well, what corruptible, what are you talking about? Has, let me just get a witness. Has anybody in this room got anything on them hurting right now? Lift your hand. Okay, you're being honest. Yeah, two hands. If you've got anything hurting, I got a hearing aid in my left ear. My left ear is just shot. It doesn't work worth a flip, okay? <laughs> I, I'm getting blind more and more every day. And, you know, I used to, could, uh, when I fell, I would bounce off the floor. When I fall now, I don't bounce anymore. Stuff breaks. It hurts. I mean, you fall down, bounce up, doesn't matter, man. You know, 20-something years old, I was bulletproof. Now, I mean, everything is falling apart. This is corruptible. <laughs> it wears out. It's broken. It's full of sin. It's just, it messes me up. And guess what? One day I'm going to get a new body. When this, incor in, in, when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, it means it doesn't have anything wrong with it. I'm going to put on an incorruptible body. It means it's perfect. Why? It's going to be one like His. And I don't deserve to get it. Matter of fact, it's pretty cool the way it's described here. And He says, man, <clears throat> and I was, man, I was enjoying watching the Final Four last night. That was cool. I was pulling for the underdog. I don't know who you was pulling for. And, uh, so, <clears throat> and I was just, just rooting for, but it says here in that last verse that I was wanting to read, 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Guess what? When I die, I am not there anymore. I mean, you can come over there and visit my grave, but I'm not there. 
My spirit is with the Lord. And one day, no matter if you take our bodies and a nuclear bomb falls on them, it's one day I'm in that body is totally destroyed. I'm going to get a brand new body. The grave does not have the victory over a child of God. That's pretty awesome. Look at this verse of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, who shall change our, here he uses a, it sounds like a horrible verse, but I know what I'm feeling like, change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And we're going to have a body like his. Well, man, this is great stuff because of this, uh, this fact. All right. We're pissing in just a second. Brother Norman, we're pissing to have a hymn of invitation. Just a second. So, if Jesus is not alive, we have no message, we have no Savior, we have no hope. But, folks, let me tell you this this morning. We do have a message. We do have a Savior, and we do have a hope. And it's not because of, I can't thank the Lord. It's not based upon what you do and I do, because guess what? If it's given to me, I'm going to drop it, break it, mess it up. It's based upon the work of Jesus, not my works. And you say, well, Brother Michael, I'm saved. What should I be doing? I love the last verse in 1 Corinthians 15. What should I be doing? This last verse says, Okay, you've got confidence. You believe in Jesus. You think you're a Christian. Are you ready to go to work? Do you love the Lord? I mean, you either love Him or you don't. There's no in-between. Well, here's what you need to be doing. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Which just means this. Don't give up. Unmovable means don't change what you're preaching. We have one message, don't we? Unmovable, there's no other Savior, is there? Don't change from that. Don't change your message. If there's somebody here, You say, I want this hope. I want to know where I'm going when I die. All you got to do is, first of all, realize you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. But I ask Jesus to save me. And you can too. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, and our song leader and our musicians get ready, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank you again so much for allowing us to be here. But there may be someone here this morning that's never... that They believe in you, but they've never asked you to save them. They believe that you died and rose again. But they've never called on you. They've never admitted that they're a sinner. They've never asked you to save them. 
All the belief in the world cannot save without trusting You. As Your Word says, even, even the devils believe. But help us to do what You want us to do. Help us to live for You. Give our life to You. And trust You with everything we've got. In Jesus' name, Amen.